0: You are now listening to the Gamut of Solomon Podcast. What is up, everyone? I have an absolutely incredible episode today for you. Before I get to my guest, I need to tell a short story how I came across Ezra Mitchell, who works at one of my favorite companies, Mind Valley. So, there is this company called Mind Valley that I've been following for about two years now after reading Vishen Lakiani's, the CEO of Mind Valley's book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. If you haven't read it, I highly suggest you go read it. And finally, this past December, December 2018, I was gifted by my mom one of their online courses or quests that they have. Mind Valley is an education, is education evolved with online and live curricula and events that transform learning from an institutionalized linear means to an end to a complete and conscious lifelong adventure to ha- that has no end. And they do it all by reigniting the innate curiosity that lives in us all. It's beautifully said on their website. And to me, it is a place for human transformation and constant growth, adventure, education, and essential knowledge that we need to be, that we need to learn, and teach. The online quest I took has an online Facebook tribe group, so everyone taking the course can interact and support each other. Each online quest has a tribe facilitator, and that is who happens to be my guest today, Ezra Mitchell. Ezra Mitchell from Mind Valley is the community manager, tri facilitator, with often many changing positions and roles. Ezra today shares truly inspirational personal stories and his personal legend over the past 15 or so years, which is surprising because he looks fascinating for his age. He's like a brother, yet he could actually be my dad. Here's a little bit about what we talk about today and the rest you can find in the show notes on my website or in the podcast app you are using. How Ezra started his personal journey with $3,000 and a belief that he's going to make it all work. The serendipitous events that led him to his role at Mind Valley, limiting beliefs we were conditioned to have and how to change them. How we were raised by an unconscious society and parents and we must not ignore our emotions. Abundance mindsets, what it's like working at Mind Valley and with Vishnu Lakshani, self love and healing, being committed to your journey and being aware of different omens. A couple of my favorite quotes and insights from today's episode follow. Ezra mentioned, our possibility is only limited by what we believe ourselves not anything or anyone else. Another one is, I can have $2 in my bank, but I can still have an abundance mindset. Or you can have a million dollars in your own bank, but have a scarcity mindset. And finally, your current situation is changing every second. Rather than stewing on what I don't have, change focus of attention to what you are creating in this world and where you're moving forwards. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoy and listen throughout the whole episode. See you guys soon. I'm here tonight on another episode of the Gamut of Solomon podcast with Ezra Mitchell. How are you doing today, Ezra? I'm good, man. Very well. Yeah. Ezra, I reached out to Ezra on a Mind Valley quest that I joined. Thankfully, my mom gifted me on Hanukkah. Which is the rapid transformational hypnotherapy for abundance with Marissa Peer, and Ezra was a facilitator to the quest. And I reached out to him to wanted to get to learn all about him, his position at Mind Valley, and how he came across Mind Valley. And you know, I believe you even reached out to me because you were you from Austin, right? Yes, yes. Awesome. And I, I think it was. When I introduced myself in the quest, you are like, oh, look, another Ezra.
1: Yeah, we share the same name and from the same state. So that's cool.
0: <laughs> I'd love to hear uh, a little bit about your um, kind of background and how you came across Mind Valley and where you currently are, because it's morning over there.
1: Yes, yeah, 10 a.m. Uh, in Kuala, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Um, I'm originally from the States, uh, I grew up in New York. Uh, and also uh, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Tennessee, Iowa, and uh, Texas. And I went to high school in Texas. I spent 11 years in San Antonio, Austin, and New Braunfels uh, before um, I decided to quit my engineering career and uh, move to Southeast Asia um, with no plan and no job. And um, I was kind of on this personal legend Uh, if you've ever read The Alchemist. My favorite uh, book. Yeah. So I came to Southeast Asia to uh, find my father. I had never met him, Uh, discover my culture on my Indonesian side and uh, learn the language. And um, my my career in engineering is not one I chose personally. I was just kind of following what I I didn't really know, and people said to do this, and so I thought, okay, this would be a great idea. Four years into the career, I realized I didn't want to work in a corporate environment. Um, and uh, So fast forward uh, several years, I started my self-development journey when I was 26, and when I came back to the States a few years ago, uh, to San Francisco, I was wanting to learn how to meditate. This was about 2006, 2007, and uh, I just gotten a new iPhone. They just came out, and so I went on the App Store to to find a meditation app. Oh, and um, I found this this cool one called uh, Omvana, and mm-hmm. uh, it happened to be made uh, created by this this company, this small startup called Mind Valley. And uh, I started meditating with that app. I really liked it, and um, that was my first experience with Mind Valley. Fast forward about ten <laughs> years. Um, I had forgotten about Mind Valley. I was still on my personal development journey and I had uh, already become a coach. I had kind of uh, started coaching. And um, through serendipitous events, a, a friend of mine uh, was really excited about a new job she got. She came and met me in Bali. I was living in Bali again. And uh, uh, she told me, I work for this company. Um, I thought you'd be super interested in it. It's called Mind Valley. And I was like, Oh, I know Mind Valley, yeah, yeah. and so she told me all about it she she was in Kuala Lumpur, which was quite early, only a two two and a half three hour flight from Bali and so I went back on to um, to to look at Mind Valley again and look at how it changed and the the The, com- the company had completely changed they were doing something much bigger and and, and broader uh, then they were 10 years prior and they were working with all these uh, authors that I had read their books and they had changed my lives, uh, my life. And so I, um, uh, I started doing some of their master classes and exploring all of that. And then when I went and visited her in Malaysia, she uh, gave me a, a tour of the office and um, it's uh, kind of cool. I was like, this is so awesome. This is really cool. I wish I could have worked here when I was younger, but I'm too old now. And so that was kind of my limiting belief. I went back to Bali uh, for another year and a half, and um, I had this dream that I wanted to be published by Mind Valley someday. That I would be, uh, I would have content that would be, I'd be worthy to be an author. But I didn't think I could work for them. And then uh, another serendipitous event: a friend of mine, another friend of mine she started working at mind valley and one day she just sent me a, a job description out of the blue nothing else she just sent me this job description for a professional meditator and it was uh someone that curates meditation for the om app and i was like this is super cool this 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 i love mind valley it's so awesome that you're working there um i went to the office about a year ago year and a half ago but um like, why are you sending me this job description? She's like, I think you should apply. I think she'd, you'd be perfect for it. And I was like, that's so cool. But don't you think I'm too old to work there? And she's mm-hmm. like, absolutely not. I think actually your age would be. How old day. were
0: you at the time? Uh, I was 40. But well, you don't look older than thirty-two. <laughs> this whole time you're 40. Wow.
1: Yeah. So I had, I had read a bunch of articles uh, over the last couple of years talking about how these corporate companies are trying to, to uh, force out all their older employees and just hire young uh, millennials and Generation Zs where they could mm-hmm. pay them less and make them work harder. And uh, so in my mindset, like I was already past this prime that anyone would want to hire um, because mm-hmm. I've been
0: out of the corporate world for the last 15 years. Were you aware of that? How long did it take you to become aware of that limiting belief? It, it wasn't until I
1: started. My, my friend, um, she sent me this job description. I started thinking about it. And she said, no, this would be an advantage to you. And then I talked to my other friend um, who uh, was working there already. And she's like, yeah, you should totally apply. Like, you're, uh, the CEO is only a year older than you. And um, there's other people at the company that your age. Um, and then I was like, I was like, wow. And so I started applying and I went through the process. And then when I got hired, it was this kind of, this, it was another, it was another circumstance in my life where I had broken through these limiting beliefs and then realized, uh, our possibility is only limited by uh, what we believe ourselves. It's it's mm-hmm. not really limited by anything else or anyone else. It's most of the time, it's limited by ourselves. And even though I'm a coach and I've been in self-development work for the last 15 years, there are still these things that I that you break through and you realize and you bring consciousness. Um, you know, it it doesn't matter how long you've been doing something. There's always room to grow and room to, to, to move up to the next level. Um, and so it's, a, it's, it's something that's really important that I always be mindful of is, I never want to get in a position where I think I already know this, you know? Mm-hmm. Because once you believe that, then you, you're no longer open to learning.
0: Absolutely. Wow. When you mentioned back at like the beginning, you're saying like um, that you're mentioning the alchemist did you have like a dream or something that um, triggered your uh, impulse to go seek after your father?
1: I didn't really have a dream, but ever since I was young, um, I, I believed I was destined for great things. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was more coming from an ego place at the time that I was supposed to be someone. I was supposed to be something. Um, what I realize now is like I'm, I'm destined to do great things. And so, and that's me playing full out and living to my, my fullest capacity um, in serving, that I can do great things in this world when I give and I serve. And it's not about me getting something or achieving something, but it's about me giving. And, but, so it was a little misplaced when I was younger, but I always had this feeling that there was something more There was always something more. And when I was going through this path of uh, the American dream, you know, uh, go to college, get a degree, get a job, um, get married, buy a house, have kids, retire, have your pension. It's just, it's too structured for me. And just because that path may work for a lot of people doesn't mean it's my path. Like, I didn't know that you could choose your own path and that it could be completely different than what everyone else was doing, but I think they try to make things easy for you so you don't really need to think of it. And like, if you achieve these things, maybe this will bring you closer to whatever that is you want. But um, for me, it's it's not it's not having a house with a white picket fence and two point three children and um, you know uh, a pension. You know, that's, that's, that's not what's going to fulfill and uh, bring meaning to to my life. Like I want adventure. I want to test myself. I want to um, face my fears and and constantly be growing and exploring and learning in in my life.
0: Absolutely. And it resonates so much because it's definitely like a shift that I made that I'm on the path, um, you know, early stages as well going towards i'm curious how you became like a coach you're saying so you ended the um you ended work in the corporate world and then you went traveling and then you came back and started just coaching
1: no no i've ever since i left engineering i had i had no idea what i wanted to do but i knew it needed to be purposeful and meaningful so I was volunteering when I was engineering, but it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't enough. So I, I know for myself, I need to be doing meaningful work. I need to be giving in the work that I do. It can't be like in my personal life, in my spare time, I do volunteer work and I do all this. That's not enough. We spend so much time at work. We spend like, what, one third of our life at work. Um, I want that to be um, giving and serving, uh, using my gifts. And so, uh, I, when I left engineering, I, I said I had no idea, I had no idea what what I wanted to do, but I knew it needed to be meaningful. So over the next ten years, I I kind of I tried a lot of things. Um, I opened a, a food cart. I was a professional DJ. I was an actor and model. Um, I was in retail. Uh, public relations, um, I did fashion merchandising, and um, all of these things were kind of in this pursuit of what my interests were and this, this bigger goal of purposeful work, meaningful work to me, but I never found it. And it wasn't until I healed my own story uh, related to my father that I could live into my purpose and that was to serve others in the capacity that I'm doing now in coaching. So, I had to I had to serve I had to I had to heal my own story before I could help others heal their story.
0: In the Mind Valley Quest and a lot of what vision says, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, they kind of talk about how it's like never anything we have to do external, but it's all internal kind of work so i guess i'm curious of the different actions that are necessary because i hear sometimes things uh i don't know if it's from them directly or not and it's you know you don't have to do anything It just matters really how you are being you know and it's something i do believe and i sit down and i meditate and and work on that a lot but is some resistance Okay, (laughs) to have to push through, like uh, because I'm also interested in a um, becoming like a coach similar to like what you started doing and what you are doing. Um, You know, there's some kind of resistance with you know sitting down and learning, like um, a certification for a nutrition course I started or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it, it depends. Uh, I think one of the, the hardest uh, decisions is like what what am I meant to do? what do I want to do? Um, do those align? Um, what am I good at, and uh, what do I just uh, completely uh, have joy at? you know i've always had resistance to a lot of things that I did, like I was really interested in things, and then I would get bored of them really quick. Um, um, but what I found with coaching. And this kind of work is, I love it so much and I'm so interested in it. I'm so passionate about it. Human psychology, um, coaching, uh, supporting others, facilitating um, body language, uh, sales, that I don't feel like I'm working anymore. So I've I've been running my own business for the last four years, but... All I love to do is learn about this. Anything related to personal growth, human development, psychology. Yeah. I'm like obsessed with it. So I'm constantly learning. So I could, I literally work on my business seven days a week. Um, and it's just like learning. It's listening to audiobooks or doing research or figuring out how to do this or figuring out how the mind works or how, how people um, adapt in certain situations. And um, it's of course the, the simplicity is to just be and I think that is the simplicity of life is to just be uh, the, the problem is, is we, the majority of us have the, all this emotional baggage um, by being raised by an unconscious uh, society and unconscious parents and so they've given us they've gifted us their unconsciousness and um, we've carried along all this emotional baggage because with unconsciousness, you don't really know how to process emotions. So you just carry them because we try to avoid them. We think, oh, if I avoid these negative emotions, they'll be gone. But what you end up doing is carrying them rather than allowing them to pass through you. Experience them and then let go of them. And so we've been taught the wrong way to deal with all this stuff, so we're carrying all this emotional baggage and it doesn't allow us to just be, you know, Um, So we've got to strip away all of this to remember um, who we truly are to get back to, to who we truly are. Um, But I think, I think the human condition, this is, this is always what it's always going to be about, no matter how much growth we do. We're, I think very few of us uh, are going to achieve enlightenment. And I think that's not the purpose um, of this experience in life is like, if I get to enlightenment, then there's nothing else for me to learn or do in this world. And then I'm pretty much done. Then I can just pass on to the next world, right? The next experience.
0: Isn't there, isn't there someone that says there's like levels to enlightenment? I mean, there's, there's a level as far as like becoming aware of, like through experience that, you know, our thoughts and have an actual um, like effect on our reality kind of stuff. So yeah. there might be different levels.
1: I, I, don't, um, I haven't studied a lot about enlightenment or what enlightenment is. Um, um, but I know that as long as I'm on this earth, I'm always gonna have work to do and I'm always gonna want to grow. And so there is no destination for this. Um, I know it's all I need to do is, is constantly be on a path of uh, Desiring to grow, desiring to reflect on myself, desiring to get better. Um, and, um, you know, reduce suffering, my suffering and others. And um, there's no destination. Like my destination is, is death. When I'm, when I'm passed through this physical world, then, uh, then I'm done, you know. But uh, uh, I'm excited because there's always work to do.
0: Hmm. How did you determine... Um, I actually, I, with, uh, like doing the, the life book, for example, cause I'm also in the life book thing and that takes a lot, you know, to sit down and do. And you're also coordinating that. Um, and honestly I'm working on a structure to, for myself, you know, how many hours a day, like his last uh, week and the past two weeks, it was kind of all over the place. And with that maybe it's a limiting belief or something i'm coming across very quickly is how do you determine if it's just discipline therefore like it would be a fear of action maybe limiting belief there or something isn't just compelling enough
1: um I think it's both, it can be both. And it, and it requires your explore, exploration to figure out exactly what it is. Um, most of the time, we're not where we wanna be either because we don't know if that's what we truly want. We've been programmed by our environment that that's what we want, like money or wealth or things or you know even a partner. Um, and then the other thing is uh, why we don't have it is we're afraid. We're afraid of all the things that we need to do to actually move in that direction because ultimately we're afraid of failure. And so if we never try, we avoid failure. And so it's like people love to dream, but they don't, it's very it's it can be difficult for them to move towards that dream because once you move towards that dream You have to deal with failure. You have to deal with maybe you find out this is actually not even your dream And then what? What do you do then when that dream disappears and you don't actually want that or that's not going to make you happy anymore? Then what? You know, then it's more you've got to go deeper and it's much easier to be just like, oh, I dream to be rich. I dream to have this kind of life. And, you know, that always keeps me just, I can kind of escape to those dreams. But I never really have to pull open the curtains and see that those dreams are bullshit, you know. So I'm just like in my happy place, you know, where I can I can go escape there. But I don't really have to look. It's kind of like... Um,
0: that, really kind some of, people, that really kind of
1: hit... Yes. Some people, myself included, um, I I call it, um, I call it, I think I call it conscious ignorance. Like um, when I do my life book, the number one thing I need to work on is my financial life. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of challenges in in the past because I didn't have um, good role models for my financial life. But like one of the things I used to do in the past is I would never check my balance at my bank because I didn't want to know how much money I actually had. So I would just spend and spend and spend. And sometimes I'd overdraft or, you know, but I never wanted to look because I didn't want to know because then that would require me to consciously think about every purchase. And I just wanted to live free and carefree, you know, not be like, Oh, I need to, I need to um, watch what I'm spending this month. I need to uh, plan all of this stuff. Um, and so this is something I realized several years ago is that I was, I was doing this. I was being consciously ignorant um, about these <laughs> things. And I would rather just pretend there was more um, um, when it actually didn't benefit me rather than seeing what it was and take action towards balancing my finances, taking action towards being fiscally responsible with my, my, uh, my personal uh, finances.
0: How does that relate to, like, the section on wealth in Marissa's quest? Um, you know, she's talking about, you know, we're, you're wealthy now. How do you – and then in order to be, like, in, with that mindset, you have to, your actions have to follow out your thoughts. So if I'm thinking I'm a millionaire or, like you, you were thinking you're, you're wealthy and living freely, um, how do you also – <laughs> you know not have a a um, lack mindset that you also need to take care of your money or choose not to buy something because you actually don't need it not because you just can't afford it in that moment
1: yeah I think it's a combination of both like we we need to be uh, conscious we need to bring awareness to what is and then we also will, but we want to have we want to create a mindset of abundance, of possibility, of, um, you know, moving towards that direction. So I could have $2 in my bank, but I could still have an abundant mindset, you know, Uh, or I could have $2 in my bank and I could have a scarcity mindset, you know, I could have a million dollars in the bank and have a scarcity mindset, you know, or I can have a million dollars in the bank and have an abundant mindset. So it's not so much of like, I only have $2. I can't think that I'm a millionaire, um, it's like, okay, I have this, I know what I have in my account, but I know what I'm doing in my life is moving towards bigger and better things and abundance flows in, in this life. And my bank account might not be abundant right now, but my abundance is not based on my bank account. Um,
0: that, that, uh, that helps a lot because (laughs) as someone like myself, trying to understand that. Like, I would take it as, <laughs> I think I did for a little bit. I have $2 in my bank, for example, but I can still go buy, like, all this stuff <laughs> because wealth floats floats to me <laughs> effortlessly. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the that, that accepting what is still, or what is, that um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
1: What helps me these days, um, to remind myself is like our current state is always impermanent so whatever you're wherever you're at right now um, is impermanent and it's going to change and it's going to constantly change and where you're at tomorrow is going to change so it doesn't matter where you're at in this moment you can change it and it, it's changing every second so even if i'm not in the place i want to be financially i know that through my consciousness and awareness and through the action that i'm taking i'm moving in that direction and so rather than um stewing on what i don't have right now i'm i change i change my focus of attention to what i'm creating in this world and to where i'm moving you know i mean i'm you know you may be you may be financially strapped right now, but like, you probably have plans, you're developing this podcast, you're serving people, you're helping people, you're building a business, like, all of that is to create more wealth and abundance for you in the, in the long term. So you want to focus on where you're moving to not just not the current state of what you don't have. Right? I always, I always have to remind myself whenever I get like, we all get into these moods or have these experiences, no matter how much we've done, that pull us like into the scarcity. But you've got, to, you've got to be consciously aware of yourself when you're in that and shift your thinking back to a place of abundance, back to where you're moving, rather than where you're at right now and what you don't have. And it's just a mindset shift. It's just shifting that. It takes practice, you know?
0: It's a process, you're right. and. Uh... No, it's nice you mentioned that part, too, because I, le- I learned that a little bit about myself as um, the RTH quest ended uh, last Sunday, because I was, I, one, I also got a little overwhelmed because I was trying to do that one and the life book and the certification, yes. and that's just kind of a, it's <laughs> a lot, Yeah. And so now I'm also trying to work on, okay, how can I, because I took like an information detox <laughs> and I was like, okay, how can I now plug back in those um, RTTs and interact with the Facebook group and everything? So this week I definitely kind of took a step back so I can re kind of schedule and everything. Um, I know we have only a few more minutes. Um, I want I would like to get, uh, to, to know a little bit like what it's like working at mind valley and like as an employee and you mentioned earlier that um you know you guys just had a group meditation together which sounds incredible
1: yeah um yeah i have i have some extra time um we could stay on till 10 45 um my uh my next uh, appointment uh shift a little bit so
0: um you usually work out better than i'd imagine
1: <laughs> Uh, Mind Valley's uh, been great. I knew um, I knew before coming here that um, coming back into the corporate environment would challenge uh, me. I've been working for myself, and I've been working out of a corporate environment for the last 15 years. So I've been running my own businesses. I've been working um, as a contractor. You know, DJing. Uh, I was working doing my own thing as an actor and model in Jakarta. Um, so this was the first time returning to the office in yeah, nearly 15 years. And so I knew that I was going to be facing some challenges, um, both in how I work and also my mindset. But I was, I was uh, committed uh, to those challenges. I want to, I, I like to test myself, you know. I like to see actually how much have I learned and how much have I grown really, you know, let's not delude ourselves like, when like, I think a, a person's true character and where they're at is not how they show up when everything's great. It's how do you show up when everything's hit the, you know, the shits hit the fan and everything is messed up. Like, how do you show up? Are you still able to um, uh, be in a state of acceptance and understanding and peace, or do you just lose it? And you break down. And all of that tranquility that you've brought into your life is just a facade and, and it works great when everything's going well, but you, you know, when everything, um, um, uh, breaks down, then, um, it shows you really where you're at. So I knew that, uh, coming back to Mind Valley would be, uh, would be a test, you know, working in an office. Um, I, I left the office for, for all of these reasons, um, um, 14 years ago. And I knew that even though Valley is very different as a company, I'd still be working in an office. There'd still be the structure and there would be, you know, um, rules and you you know, I'd have a boss again and, you know, I'd have maybe multiple bosses. And I would also have to, my whole thing is like, I'm, I'm very good with people. I'm very good with ideas, but the discipline, um, I've had a challenge in the past of the discipline of like, the details and schedule and email and, you know, checking off everything. And so I knew this is going to test me. Can I adapt? Can I bring more discipline into my life? But it's also something I wanted to do. I've realized with my own, my own uh, business, I just kind of, I have this business where people give me a lot of money and then it just, I spend it, but I'm not really, I don't really have a structure around it. I'm not doing accounting. I'm not doing all of this stuff where, you know, I need to have done to have an actual business. So, one of the re- part of part of the reasons was come to Mind Valley to get that discipline and that structure that can later translate into my own business. And I also wanted to grow. I wanted to learn. I wanted to I wanted to be a part of a team. I wanted to have more impact. I wanted to have uh, I wanted to contribute more. You know, working for yourself, you spend a lot of time just working with yourself, you know, and that's what I've been doing the last four years is just, I either work from home, you know, or I go to a cafe and I work by myself and I'm a little burnt out of that. I wanted to be a part of a team again. And I have my 10 clients uh, as a coach and that's like my maximum. I do one-on-ones and I wanted to, I wanted to learn through Valley to work with groups, I wanted to work with communities, and I wanted to impact thousands and thousands of people quickly, rather than just the ten, you know, a month, you know, that I'm uh, normally working with. So, I came for a, a bunch of reasons, and uh, you know, another one was that um, Mind Valley. If you're in this field, Mind Valley is kind of like the largest company, and they're the most successful company. Uh, promoting these kind of um, this kind of thinking and these kind of uh, products and these kind of authors, so it's like I knew that anything i I learn here or experience I have is going to be um, priceless in my own career in personal development and coaching, and also the community that I would connect with like you and the other tribe members and the authors is like. Um, and this is probably one of the biggest benefits of working for Mind Valley is, is the network and the tribe that you meet. You meet the most amazing people from all over the world that are so passionate about this work that it's it's a part of their lives. It's not just something they do, you know, once in a while, like they live it, you know. They they're moving towards it. They want they they want to bring more of this into their life. They cannot help but not bring this into their life it's like you know it's like the matrix it's like once you wake up you can't go back to sleep you know and so you just have to become even more awake you know and more awake and more awake you can't right. you, you, you can't turn away <laughs> so
0: um i like to say once you taste the holy water you want more
1: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and so I've been at Mind Valley for uh, nearly seven months now. It's been an amazing journey. It's it's uh, it's been fantastic. The things that I've done, the people that I've met, but it's also been, uh, it's also been challenging, and it's forced me to grow. They say they say being at Mind Valley is um, it's accelerated growth because awesome. you don't get to, you don't get to choose to grow. You are forced to grow, but uh, any kind of growth is good. So it's just like so i've been here' for like six months, but it feels like i 've already been here a year or even longer and so the things that happen there 's just so much that you that happens, so much you do and you the places you go and the people you meet and the activities it's just i mean yeah, we just had a group meditation here in our um in our hall of awesomeness this is it 's behind these doors here this is wow. where We have our company meetings every Thursday where the whole meeting, uh, the whole company gets together and we go through the week. Um, We had a group in immersion meditation with uh, Marie Diamond and uh, we all meditated on bringing up the consciousness of the world. Um, uh, So about 20 of us in Mind Valley meditated with hundreds of other people around the world uh, with the Solvana app and uh, that they're developing. So that's cool, that was my morning, right?
0: What tips do you have for uh, not only people like myself that are also on the uh, similar journey, but for someone like myself, also that uh, that would love to uh, work at Mind Valley in the near future? Yeah.
1: So basically, uh, anyone can work at Mind Valley. Um, the most important thing is that you're a culture fit. Um, and that you, you have the same values uh, as Mind Valley does, and as our, our our team does. That's the most important thing. Skills can be trained; any skill can be trained. But the most important thing is culture fit and values, because you can't train those. People just inherently have them, or they they are creating them. But it's not like you can't you can't be trained to you know. Um, Want to bring more unity into your life, you know, or that you uh, believe in more separation, not or less separation, not more separation. Like these are things that people have inherent beliefs, and so um, I'm a product of anyone can can uh, join Mind Valley. Like I hadn't worked for a company for 15 years. Uh, I was 40 years old. I have no experience in marketing. Um, but I'm passionate about the work that I do and I'm passionate about people. And the job description that I chose is about serving people and about supporting people. And uh, I have my coaching background, but I don't have any certification. I've just been, I read books, I watched videos, I coached for free for a year with anyone that I could sit down and have a conversation with before I ever charged money. So I didn't just say, oh, I'm a life coach and tomorrow I'm, I'm charging you this much and I'm going to change your life and uh, you know, hopefully you get that. No, I didn't want to delude myself, so I did the work and I showed up for other people and I served before I ever asked for anything in return to make sure that this is, like, that this is real and I'm not just lying to myself. You what, know? Were you
0: help, what were you helping people? your first clients that you were helping for free? What were you helping them with and how did you get them?
1: Um, I I mean, I help uh, people with everything, um, but usually people come with the same thing, you know, Um, lack of direction, uh, not knowing direction, not knowing passion, um, uh, overcoming fear, confidence, you know, so most people don't know what to do or where to go. And because they lack the confidence, they're afraid to do that. So it's about rebuilding our confidence, which is basically related to self-love and um, healing, uh, forgiveness. And then once you do those, then you can. it's easier to take action in a direction that could be scary uh, because if you believe in yourself and you love yourself, then it doesn't matter what's going to happen to you because you're going to be okay. Uh, whether you lose all your money, whether you lose your partner, whether you lose, you know, you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to get back up. And uh, the, the problem is most people don't have this in, inherent confidence and love for themselves. So anything they do have, they're terrified of losing that because then there's nothing left. You know, if I lose my job and I don't love myself and I don't believe myself, uh, believe in myself, then what do I have left after I lose my job? You know, so people identify with their, with their relationship or they build their, they build their sense of identity around their relationship or their work, you know, um, or their status. And so when they, if, if they lose that or when they lose that, there's nothing left. So you need to rebuild this sense, remember this, this uh, who you are and, and deeply love that. And then it doesn't matter where you're at, whether you're rich or poor, whether you, you're You're in a relationship or you're not, whether you live here or you live there. um, None of that matters once you have this strong sense of self. And so most people come with these different problems in their life or lack of clarity, but it all comes back to here. And so this is what I support people. Um, At at the very core, it's uh, self-love and healing. And when you do that, you can handle anything in life. And then I help them move towards what they want but most people don't know what they want because they don't know who they are. And so you've got to, you've got to come back to where you were saying, you mentioned earlier, um, to inside, um, to to remember that, to heal that. And then you can work on your external world.
0: Awesome. Wow. Have you ever, did you, when you interviewed, did you, um, Interview with vision.
1: Yeah, I had five interviews uh, vision was uh, One of the last inter- interviews so everyone usually everyone interviews with
0: vision one of their Do, interviews. You, get, do you get to um, Spend time with him at all often.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I could work with him. Uh, I have worked with him in the past um, There's always parties and social events mm. um He's always doing uh, social events with, with people and, um, you know, he's traveling a lot. He's very busy, but he's part of the team and he makes sure that, that they're like family, you know, and we have this opportunity to connect on a personal level. So, uh, yeah, it's another reason why I came to Mind Valley was to learn from him because he's visionary. Like, this guy is crazy. He thinks of, he, he's got the most craziest ideas, but you know what? He, he makes them happen you know um, and I've witnessed it with these events like Valley University you know they were just ideas just a year or two ago and now there's you know 1100 people you know children all the way to senior citizens going through a month in a, a location around the world learning and studying together and playing together and it's just like that was just an idea and like a year and a half later you know six months later he, he's doing it and then a year later he's doing it three times bigger you know um so
0: fascinating
1: so Thanks. there's there's a amazing uh, amount of uh, um osmosis uh, to be gained by being close to that energy and uh, because he he pushes you to grow as well like that's his job is to see this gift and then to just light it up in you and help you and push you towards doing more than you ever thought you could do. You know, Uh, being more, uh, uh, envisioning more, you know. Um, And I think that's important because the the only person standing in our way is ourself. And you know, we usually play small games because that's what we think we can do, you know. If I play small, I'll never fail. so. We're, we're, we're conditioned to avoid failure, you know? If I play big games, a big game, I'm definitely gonna fail. But like, you're gonna achieve so much more failing and trying again and learning and, you know, than, than you ever will playing a small game, you know?
0: Is that, is that um, where you also kind of gained with your different um, journeys through the acting and all the other stuff?
1: Yeah, like, when I left my engineering career, it was huge because I quit my career, never to go back to it again. I decided to move to a new country that I'd never been before, um, a third world country, and I sold everything that I, that I owned. So I was just, I was like, I don't care. I'm gonna make it work. I just, I just, I have this intuition. It's gonna be all right, you know? I don't have a job. I don't have anything. You know, I sold everything. I had $3,000 I left the country with. That was it. And I was just like, I don't know. I'm just going to make it work, you know? I just have this belief, even though I've never even been to this country, I'm going to go live there, you know? And I'm going to make it work. And when I did, and that happened, and I was there two weeks, and I was offered a job, and, uh, like, I wasn't just even by, looking. like, walking
0: around and stuff?
1: I was just standing in a bar, and then <laughs> I was – I was offered a job to do public relations for this nightclub, where I basically got—I got paid to party. I got paid to talk to girls. I got paid to, you know, um, be one of the hosts at this at this one of the hottest nightclubs in Bali. And they gave me a, you know, a hotel um, to stay, and uh, you know, work permit and all this stuff. And it was just like, I wasn't even asking. And so when these things happen, these omens, you know, if you read you know, the alchemist, it talks about omens. When you, when you are aware and you're conscious and you see these omens happening and showing up in your life, they guide you. They, 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 they're there as signposts to show you you're on the right path. And so when these things started happening, I was just like, I'm taking care of, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to take action and, I know I have this belief that I'm going to be taken care of. And I was, and I've always been. And so when you start, and this is the thing is like, when you start pushing, when you start jumping and you land and you're not like destroyed and you're like, oh, it's actually okay. You know, I made it. And even when you fall, you're like, oh, well, that wasn't that bad. You can jump again and you can jump again and you can jump again, you know? I I moved back to the States a year and a half later after Bali to San Francisco, the most expensive city in the country, where 10 years prior, I was like, I went to San Francisco. I fell in love with it. I was like, man, I want to live in San Francisco someday, but you know what? It's too expensive. I could never afford to live here. And so I just, I gave up on that dream. But I had this opportunity to move to San Francisco uh, after I came from Bali and um, I moved there. I got a job uh, within one month and I was making twice as much as I ever did in my engineering career. And so I had a, even though the expen- the city was uh, a quarter more expensive than Austin, I was making twice as much money. So I had a better quality of life. And this is what no experience, nothing. It just. And this was no,
0: no kind of, you would just were so open for any kind of opportunity
1: it's just that like you were it, willing
0: to work kind of anywhere
1: yeah it's belief and yeah it's the it's it's uh, you've got to be committed to doing the work even if it's not the work that you want to do in this moment because you know that'll get you to where you want to go you know um you know so thank you yeah it's um it's just it's, it's being about committed to committed to the journey and the journey is going to take you to some dirty places and it's going to take you through the mud but then you're going to learn how to walk through the mud and you know like uh so that's one of the the, I, the things i'm most grateful for is at 26 i decided to start living my life for me and i started decided to start facing all my fears And this is what I, this is how I gauge it today is like, if I fear something, if I'm afraid of something and I see it, that's exactly where I need to move towards because I'm committed to eliminating all fear in my life or changing the relationship with it. You know, there's always going to be fear. There's always going to be fear, but fear doesn't need to stop you from taking action. You just need to change your relationship with fear. And so if or I'm if afraid person, of something or if
0: a, a person invokes a fear in you.
1: Yeah. What is that? You have to inquire. You've got to go deeper. Interesting.
0: Well, wow. I know you, uh, you have to start get uh, going and I would really love to do this again. Wow. This is awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. what's, what's the gift you wish to share with the world?
1: Um, my gift that, uh, to, sh- to share with the world is, uh, you know, I'm here to help the world heal, you know, one conversation at a time is what, is what I say, you know, and uh, I, I, I believe and I get so lit up by one-on-one conversation with people, passionate conversation, and I see the possibility coming back into people's eyes. I see their eyes light up, but the possibility of living again, you know, of, of, believing again, you know, of remembering the dreams they had when they were younger that were beat out of them as adults. Um, So my gift is to be an example to show people the possibility of so much more than you yourself believes because I've been there, you know, I used to play small. Um, I still have to, you know, slap myself out of my own thinking to, to, um, to remind myself that I can have and be and do and serve so much more than, than I uh, think I can at this very moment. You know? And it shows up constantly in your life to remind you. you know? um, That's so,
0: Wow, this has been awesome. Thank you so much and thanks for helping out with the course, the tribe courses and the quests as well and and for taking the time to have this meaningful conversation. I know I've learned a lot, and uh, it has been very healing for myself as well.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity, Solomon. It's been great for sure. uh, to meet you. I look you. forward
0: to connecting and, again. And,
1: and we definitely got to do this again.
0: For sure, and hopefully in person sometime.
1: Yes, yes, definitely in person.
0: Awesome. You have a wonderful rest of your day and have an awesome weekend. I can only imagine what it's what it's like over there.
1: You too, man. Thanks so much. I'll see you soon. Take
0: care. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to the Gamut of Solomon podcast. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, share it with your loved ones on social media, or text, or email, or or just do it.